this time on episode 290 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we discuss Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 6, Episode 8, Collision Course, Part 1, Weekly Marvel News, and your feedback. I'm Jay from Gallifrey Public Radio, a Doctor Who podcast and part of the Gunny Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other incredible geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director. Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Haley. I'm Agent Lauren. And I'm Agent Michelle. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. This show is recorded on Sunday, July 7th, 2019, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast worldwide via www.geeks.live. Come join our live chat as we record. Congrats to the U.S. women's soccer team. Yes. Were you all watching? Uh, no, I was watching Aladdin. Oh, how was it? No, not that one. The old one. Oh, okay. My mom caught the entire thing. I only caught part of it, but I could hear her cheering. <laughs> and I've never seen her so invested in a soccer match before. I caught the last like from right after they scored the first goal, because I completely forgot they were playing today and I had just woken up. So yes, then I watched till the end and y'all, they are so good. (sighs) Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a fan-based podcast and the ABC television show Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the multiple Marvel small screen series and the Marvel cinematic and comic book universes in general. Because of magic swords. If you'd like to talk to us about magic swords, you can visit our website, legendsofshield.com. Our voicemail line is 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. You can find our Facebook at Legends of Shield Podcast. We're on Twitter at Legends of Shield. And our YouTube videos can be found at youtube.com slash gunnageek. You can tell your Amazon device to enable Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. skill. You can join our Discord server chat at gunnageek.com slash discord. And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the gunnageek.com network. So you might notice that you are not watching our lovely faces right now because SP is out and he's the one who handles all of that. And we never learned. We don't need to learn. He knows how. Only one (laughs) of us needs to know. Yeah, we haven't learned how to push the buttons. Redundancy? What's that? I mean, we could learn, but then we would have to do it. And that's just more responsibility. So if we don't learn, we have a perfect excuse not to do it. So SP is enjoying a well-deserved vacation. We are not pushing the buttons. We are pushing the buttons that we know how to push and not pushing the buttons we don't know how to push. Yes, because if I've learned anything from watching sci-fi, it's if I don't know what a button does, I don't push it. That is excellent life advice and one that we all should live by. (laughs) Don't lick the science and don't push the buttons. You don't know what they do.
So what are we talking about this week? We're discussing Collision Course Part 1. It aired on Friday, July 5th, 2019. This episode was directed by Kristen Wendell. Has seven directing credits starting in 2018, including one Legends of Tomorrow, one of the rebooted Magnum PI, two Blind Spot, four Arrow, one Flash, one Agents of Shield, and two Light as a Feather. The episode was also written by a team consisting of, first off, Jeffrey Bell. Uh, we have discussed him several times on the show, considering that he has written 11 episodes of Agents of Shield. He's also an executive producer of the show. He's also written a whole bunch of writing credits starting in 1994, including five of the X-Files, 13 of Angel, four of Alias, two of The Protector, one of Spartacus, Marvel's Most Wanted, and of course, 11 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And his writing partner for this episode was Craig Titley, and he has 10 writing credits starting in 2001, including the screenplay for Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Lightning Thief, but we won't hold that against him. Two episodes of Star Wars, The Clone Wars, two episodes of The Cape, and 12 episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's also the co-executive producer of the show. Guys, when are we going to talk about The Cape? <laughs> oh, man, The Cape. I can't find it anywhere online. Probably because nobody wants you to see it. <laughs> it's like that in Journeyman. Do y'all remember Journeyman? I remember that it was a thing that was on that I never watched. It was on right around the time of the writer's strike, and it was really good, and they aren't showing it anywhere, and I can't find... Okay, I found the DVDs, but they were in Europe. So, Haley, what do you think the title means? I mean, we're finally getting the whole gang back together, and they're going to crash into each other and explode things. Collision course. Also, on a more literal sense, what Sarge sets his truck on towards the end of the episode. <laughs> That too. Good going, Sarge. What a Very considerate. Hey, at least he's playing with portals. <laughs> Fun with portals, and you can too. Oh, now I want to replay that game. I know I wasn't here last week, but I sort of called it with that woman being the creator. I think it's interesting that, you know, of course she needed people from Earth. She has to go to Earth because she needs to build a funky tower and come along and kill us all. I mean, I've had things taken from, you know, I've misplaced things. I've let people borrow things, but I haven't destroyed planets in order to find my things. Is she always going to play an evil redhead? Is that her <laughs> stick now? I guess so. I mean, I've torn my room apart figuratively, not literally, <laughs> looking for stuff that I've lost. And then I've just sort of given up and wandered away and you know, ordered something off Amazon, gone to Walmart looking for a new one. But she's a bit single-minded about looking for her lost obelisks. And yeah, I, I think it was last week, week before. I don't remember when. I don't remember time. But I pointed out that her name, Izel, along with being a name in Turkish, is also a name in Nawal, the language of the Aztecs. And I'm like, oh, this means something. This means something. Well, we talked earlier this season about the Incan symbology that we were seeing early on. Yep. And uh, it seems I, I love that when Mac brings that up 
to Yo-Yo. She's like, what? You think because I'm South American, I'm going to magically know all this? I'm Catholic, dude. He's like, no, you were talking to them. (laughs) That was pretty great. Yeah, Dr. Benson's trip is paying off. Even if we haven't seen him in a few episodes. It's a way to save on cost. True. And I'm sure the CGI for this episode, that budget was probably a little bit higher than usual. Yeah, a whole Eiffel Tower out of people-ish, sort of. Yeah, I, I continue to be amazed and kind of grossed out whenever the shrikes and people do that whole bursting out and making those spikes. Like, it's, it's a good effect. It's creepy. So, guys, I haven't been on the show in a while. I don't know if you've discussed it. How much at this point do you trust Sarge? I mean, not much. Who do you think is the bigger bad guy, Izelle or Sarge? Well, definitely Izelle. But Sarge, well, first of all, there's that whole thing where not only is he wearing Coulson's face, but he has his completely identical genetic makeup and doesn't know what DNA is. Doesn't know what miles are. I mean, yeah, that's very Earth-centric and everything, but still, there's something going on here. But there's also the fact that he's so single-minded in his mission that he's going to he's going to sacrifice a whole lot to make sure that his mission is done. So you don't know if you're in his way, and if you're in his way, you're collateral damage. So, yeah, I don't trust him. And I don't understand. You have a mission and then you run into a group of capable people who can help you with this mission. And basically, he just gives them the middle finger and is just like, nope, I'm going to do this this way anyway. I'm not going to tell you what it is. What's interesting is that He knew he was probably going to have to leave somebody behind and he picked Snow to go on the mission. And then it's like he knew about the portal hole in Jacko's coat. So is it like he knew he was killing Snow? Does he realize that maybe she doesn't mind? I don't know. Does she mind? I think she does now. At the end of the episode, I'm thinking she values her life now. Well, I think the ideal version of the plan is he takes them both through the portal. But he's fine that didn't, things didn't go perfectly. Again, it's like, well, better one than the plan not being executed at all. And he's leaving before the plan is definitely executed. Well, because that's phase one of the plan. Like, clearly, taking over the S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters is another part of that plan. This guy... Really, that's all I can say. I watch it. I'm like, ugh, this guy. He says that Itzel took away all of his family. But then Itzel is like, he doesn't like me. He betrayed me because I know what he is. What is he? I'm so confused. Although we're getting these little like breadcrumb drops of information And I'm trying to see if I could put it all together before the end of the season, but I don't think I'm going to. So I don't know, remember when, what episodes things happened in, because I watched six in a row this morning. But one of the things he said is that 
you know, he's over 100 years old, but he also says he spent time on planets traveling at light speed. There's no telling how long ago in our timeline he was actually born or created. I just don't want him to be an, a resurrected Coulson. It's just, we've done that. It's like we've been there. I think it's more likely that he's from an alternate reality. I think so, too. He might be a clone or cloned from some sort of genetic material. He might be from an alternate reality. I think that one's probably pretty likely. But I don't think he's resurrected Coulson. I think the Coulson that we know is dead. I would like for the Coulson that we know to be dead because much as it hurts, it's closure. You only get so many mulligans. Exactly. And while I wouldn't mind what Simmons is doing with this fits, that whole, okay, we're trying to, it's like a save file, like trying to start over from a save file. I like the idea of you have his face. I like the idea of keeping Clark Gregg around on the show, Mm -hmm. but shaking up everything, which is what they've been doing. And I don't know. I'm having a lot of feelings. Clark Gregg, I think, is doing a really good job at playing a really shady, kind of menacing guy. That my mom finds attractive. (laughs) Because he's been such a Boy Scout up to this point. It's fun to see him play the bad guy. It really is. Good people make the best bad guys. It's like acting 101. (laughs) What got me sad is I feel for this fits. Because he's learning that he's not Fitz Prime. He's learning that to Gemma, she's already been married. And with him, it's going to be a redo. And I could just sort of, you know, see that struggle that he has. There's this whole concept in science fiction of if you're... Okay, so to Gemma, to Simmons... She's like, no, you're still the same. You're, it's you. Whether it's, you know, you in the past, you now, whatever, it's still you. Like I brought up earlier, it's like a save file. You're, you're restoring from a save file. And to him, that's another guy. That's not him. Those were a whole different set of memories, a whole different set of lived experiences. There's so many science fiction stories that deal with, okay, you've been cloned at this point where you split off. You two are now completely different people. Uh, Farscape did that. Yeah. For a while, exactly. they did it. Ah, I love that. Talon John and Moya John. But right now, Fitz is the one he's dealing with. No, that is a completely other person. And yeah, he's going to have some jealousy there. He's viewing this as, you had these experiences with someone who is not me. Whereas Simmons, because... She's viewing this from the outside as, no, still you. This is why cloning and time travel and all that stuff is very complicated and difficult. And then on top of that, Enoch is, do you think Enoch is actually going to pursue the time travel angle? I don't think so. I think at the end, in the shawarma scene, when we see him reaching out to Isaiah, I love so much that they're using all these biblical names, by the way, like Belgad, who is one of the antagonist chronicoms. And we see Isaiah, who is another archaeologist type of chronicom, 
who he's reaching out to is they're like, okay, we're going to gather all of us who are spread out across the galaxy as observers, and we're just going to start over. We're going to rebuild our society. Whereas the antagonist chronicoms that we see, the hunter ones, are like, nope, we're going to go into Fitz and Simmons's memories that we have stored, and we're going to figure this out. We're going to figure out time travel. And I think that's a bit of a dangling plot hook that we're going to see going into the end game of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Is this season only going to be 13 episodes? Am I remembering correctly? I think so. Yes. Yes, it's 13. Okay. So we're halfway there. More than halfway there. Living on a prayer. I could count, really. I can math. I can do. I can math. (laughs) Haley, is there anything about the episode you want to talk about? This episode, I think we've touched on just about everything. I can't wait to see May using the magic sword, though. So that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, we, we brought, I brought up the magic sword in the intro, but that is apparently Sarge's plan. He has a magic sword or a special sword that Daisy is saying. She's like, well, he, he has a magic, a magic sword. That's his plan. When Mac asks what the plan is, We also see Yo-Yo using her powers. I was complaining about that a couple episodes ago that we haven't really seen her using them lately. And when Jacko and Pax try to escape, she uses them, puts Jacko back in his cell, wraps Pax up in chains, but then Sarge portals in. Yeah. Oh, we also have the return of that whole Mac knows about Daisy in the framework. Thing. <laughs> I, by the end of this season, he's going to own that entire company. And we have Deke joining them on the whole, uh, the truck, because they need somebody to try to fix the, the Shrike repellent beacon, where, okay, this guy has a type. He likes women who can kill him. Yep. Because he and Snow... Snow is like, oh, you have a beautiful soul. I just want to get it out of you. And he's like, hello, heart eyes. And then they are getting about half naked in the back of the truck. And it was very awkward for everyone. Yes, he claims he had his heart broken by Sequoia. Sequoia, yes. Motankaron's character from that wonderful, wonderful episode. (laughs) Whoever did the Instagram feed at the end. Brilliant. (laughs) Oh, good. But yes, so he and Snow seem to be who he starts calling Snow Bunny, <laughs> much to the disgust of everyone around them. Yeah, they, they seem to be hitting it off. I mean, good for them. I'm not going to kink shame them. But yeah. Well, we'll know it's serious if he gives her a lemon. Indeed. She might not come from a place with lemons either. Maybe that means the same thing there. Right? What if that's a good match? I have to admit, I like Sarge's nickname for May, Smiles. See, he and Mac, Sarge and Mac, could get along if they would just stop and tell each other things. You know? Communication. Yes, communication. It's the key to any good relationship. Oh, also we have Izel, uh first off singing Shrikes into existence, and then infecting the crew with shrikes which i feel like is a bad idea once you know they're 
get to Earth. They're they're in Earth orbit type. They're at the moon anyway. Yeah, they're entering the atmosphere. Is she wanting to crash the ship or is she really wanting to land? I think she probably wants to land and then let everyone out. Because if you crash the ship, then everyone on board is going to die. Well, we're going to find out next time on episode nine, which is, wait for it, Collision Course Part 2. Dun, dun, dun. I love a two-parter, guys. Yeah, that was, I was like, oh, I can't end there. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a two-parter. This is a cliffhanger. This is the third week in a row I was not able to live tweet because I was off doing other things. This week I went to go watch Midsummer, which is a really good movie. <laughs> Would we like to move on to the news? Let's I suppose we can. And of course, San Diego Comic-Con is coming up and Marvel's back. Indeed. So last year they skipped all together. This year they're returning. They have locked down the late afternoon Saturday spot. So they're going to be in Hall H from 5.15 to 6.45 p.m. on July 20th. We don't know what exactly they're going to be discussing, but guesses are, I don't know, maybe release dates for things like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Black Panther 2, Doctor Strange 2, Black Widow, maybe casting for things like Eternals and Shang-Chi. Some friends of mine and I were discussing this actually when we were going to go see Midsummer. We were in the car and talking about their returning to Hall H. And what we're thinking is that they might be, their presence at D23 might be more dedicated to all the stuff they're going to have on the streaming service. And Hall H might be just the movie stuff. So it's coming up pretty soon. Actually, uh, what's today? The 7th? So in, I can math, 13 days from when we're recording. Probably more like 12 days because the day's almost over. We are going to have them and it's going to be live streaming because they do that now. For those of us, the majority of us who are not able to go to San Diego Comic-Con. So we'll know soon. And then we have a story about Shailene Woodley. Okay, Shailene Woodley. She's known for things like The Fault in Our Clouds, the Divergent movies. She was originally cast as Mary Jane Watson in Amazing Spider-Man 2, but her scenes were cut. According to the site wegotthiscovered.com, she is on Marvel's wish list for Jessica Drew, a.k.a. Spider-Woman. For the MCU. This is a rumor. This is a big rumor. According to this article, Olivia Cook from Ready Player One is also on the wish list. I would like to see a Jessica Drew movie. Jessica Drew is a great character. There was a sale recently on a bunch of Marvel trades on Comixology, and I picked up a bunch of comics for like, you know, three bucks each. And by comics, I mean trade paperbacks. And one of the ones I picked up was the Jessica Drew one where she's very heavily pregnant on the cover. And it's a fun read. Yeah, I I highly recommend checking out the Spider-Woman comics. And it would be really cool if we got a Spider-Woman movie. 
is Spider Woman part of the MCU or is would this be with Sony? Or do we know? From what I understand, this would probably be another Sony Marvel deal. But again, question mark. Who knows? Someone has the flow chart somewhere. And for some reason, I'm not surprised by this next story about Gwyneth Paltrow not having a good memory. Okay. So earlier this week, friend of the show, Adana Girl, tweeted me an article about, well, it was Sebastian Stan on his Instagram had a picture. It was a picture of Sebastian Stan at a fashion event where he said, just barely managed to photobomb the great P. Piccoli and legend real Mr. Valentino here. Thank you both for inviting me to my first couture show in France. Also glad I got to reintroduce myself to Gwyneth Paltrow for the third time. We're in the same film, shrug emoji. So io9 started, they wrote an article called, wait, so what does Gwyneth Paltrow remember from the Marvel movies? We talked about a thing from Jon Favreau's The Chef Show, where she completely forgot that she was in Spider-Man Homecoming. I mean, fair. It was a cameo. So then there's that. He's Okay, so you've introduced yourself to her three times. Okay, that's, that's a little weird. But then there's a thing on Gwyneth Paltrow's own Instagram. It's a picture with her, Robert Downey Jr., and Tom Holland, where she says, I love April 4th because it was the day God gave us Robert Downey Jr. Happy birthday, dear heart. Love me and the other guy in the photo. So you might think it's a joke. But then there's an interview for Spider-Man Far From Home where Tom Holland has lamented that Gwyneth Paltrow doesn't remember meeting him or appearing in his movies. So I don't know. What does she remember about any of these people? It's kind of funny. But then at the same time, it's like you've met these people on several occasions and they're your coworkers. I mean, you have a lot of coworkers, to be fair. They make the jokes in the article. I feel like it's entirely appropriate. Goop is pseudoscience, horrible BS. So shocking. Also shocking is what Goose claims he could do in a video. On a video that was recorded for the Captain Marvel DVD release, I guess. (laughs) It's just, it's Goose the Cat. Actually, it's Reggie the Cat who was one of the cats who played Goose. And it's just, it's a Marvel.com interview with Reggie the Cat who played Goose. And it's stuff like, who would you team up with in the MCU? Goose would like to team up with Rocket Hulk and Nick Fury. What did you take from set? Goose took the Tesseract from the set. Who's your favorite Marvel hero? Captain Marvel, duh. Could you beat up Thanos? And then there's Goose uh, whapping the Infinity Gauntlet. So yes, Goose could totally beat Thanos. It's very cute. It's a cat. It's adorable. I love that they included Goose in the movie. Yes, so good. We, I have an orange cat and we've been calling him a flurkin. Well, that's all we have for the news. Moving on to feedback, looks like on Twitter, we heard from Born to Eat Bacon. We are starting off with at Born to Eat Bacon, who gives us not only feedback, but excellent life advice. 
if life gives you lemons, it's telling you that you're loved. And then a whole bunch of lemon emojis. Or to eat bacon, that is excellent. That is getting me through my week. I love it. And we love all of you and we love interacting with you. Now I guess it's time to release the Shrikes on the way out. Grab our magic swords and fall through a portal. Oh, yeah. Portal this one out. So thank you to everybody who listens to us. We really love hearing from you. And we're still trying to solidify our date for talking about Spider-Man Far From Home, but we will announce it on Twitter, et cetera, et cetera, and let you know. Yes, thank you for listening to us, watching us, giving us feedback. We appreciate all of you. All right. And until next time, I'm Agent Haley. I'm Agent Lauren. And I'm Agent Michelle. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2018.